The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? It's your boy, George Reister with Ralph Amsden, and this is Reister or Wrong. Um, so first thing, I probably sound like I've been uh, gargling with razor blades, but uh, it's nothing but a little post-nasal drip. I don't have COVID, any of these things. Um, yeah, I feel like every time I walk outside, I feel like I've been hit by a bush of dust, like that somebody is attacking me with with uh, it's just like terrorism to my allergies right now. It's really, really bad. Uh, so yeah, must be nice to be out there in friendly North Carolina where you don't have these issues and the winds not kicking up and everything else, buddy. I mean, that's all anybody that I've talked to complains about here is all the pollen and their allergies flaring up, but I must be just built different. Oh, it's just... not an issue for me. Oh, you just built different. Dude. Just built different. The funniest part about this whole situation is, right, is that I always joke, especially with my with my kids. I tell them that they were born on third base. Right. Especially athletically. And but this little bitty thing, like some damn allergies will. Oh, God, it's kick. It's kicking my ass, dude. And mom is always like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you you got that from your dad. And I'm like, yeah, I gave him everything else, though. (laughs) So they should be happy. You know what? Uh, You know what's what's crazy about living out here is um, I've I've had a few broken noses, and I even had, like, surgery on um, 
on my membranes because I get I get so many nosebleeds and some of them would get yeah. really really bad. And at one point, I actually had to have like a um, like a full on essentially tampon like up in my nasal cavity for eight days just to like stem the the, the nosebleeds. Yeah, um, which was. Uh, always funny to hear a doctor call it. And he's like, well, we'll just put a tampon in there. And I was like, a what? <laughs> and, and he was like, he was like, I can see that you're concerned. Where do you think tampon got its name from? And I was like, dude, I have no idea. I thought like there was like a doctor tampon. And he's like, no, tamp means to like shut off or close off. He's like, there's nothing like there's nothing feminine about the word tampon. And I was like, well, I, okay. And that's what they did. They shoved like a tampon up my nose for like eight days. Point being, I averaged probably uh, like a little bit of a nosebleed, maybe once every two days, once every two and a half days. I've not had a nosebleed in three weeks. And uh, I've, I've been out here for a little over two weeks. So uh, that moisture in the air, something about it is is keeping me from uh, having to, you know, wash my pillowcase every other day. Dude, see, I... I had a lot of nosebleeds when I was young too, but th this situation though, like these allergies, bro, I don't know what's up. I, I had to be outside at my kid's practice, like with the mask on, not even for COVID reasons, but for <laughs> the fact that I was like, I'm not going to just die from all of this pollen, just wreaking havoc on my body. Uh, but today though, um, the uh, Derek Chauvin, former police officer in Minnesota. He was found guilty on all counts for the death murder of George Floyd. And there were a bunch of different reactions to it from, from different people. Uh, Nick Sirianni, Eagles head coach, he has a new draft strategy. Instead of watching film, scouting players, all of that stuff, nah, he's going to play a few games of rock, paper, scissors with draft picks to gauge their competitiveness. Uh, an Ohio teenager was shot after calling the police for help. And that sparks a, a use of force debate. Um, and should brands like Ben and Jerry's and the Raiders be weighing in on national news as it relates to uh, cancel or consequence? And uh, Steph Curry hate is at an absolute maximum level right now. Uh, you, if you guys want to get a hold of us, uh, this is right or wrong. Uh, <laughs> this is the place where, man, I am so out of it right now. I was like, hold up. What right, the hell right. do I say at the beginning of the of the show? What what do I say? Jeez Louise. Ralph, come on. Help, help me out here. I know how you end the show. I usually space it out for the first, like, 20, 30 seconds. Are I you know serious? That. There's, there's, well, there, I, I don't participate in it, so there's nothing for me to say. So I just kind of collect my thoughts and get ready for the for the show oh my god um <laughs> how do Are i not mad? no dude i'm dead ass serious oh this is the intersection where sports business society and pop <laughs> culture meet the truth daily fire on monday wednesdays fridays Facts only. Check your feelings at the door. No BS is allowed. We keep it 100. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, shoot us an email. I'm mad at unafraidshow.com or sit, shoot us a text 
That's 818-293-7547. That's 818-293-7547. Make sure you download the podcast, share it with a friend, tell a friend about it. All right. So you're doing extra, you're doing extra to try to get a Claritin sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) No, dude, I'm dead ass serious. Like I, I was on the radio last night. People were like, yo, is this dude okay? (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'm great. What are you talking about? This voice is strong right now. Strong, strong, (laughs) like bull. Um, You're like two more days of this from sounding like Matumbo. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I guess we'll start with Derek Chauvin. Uh, He was found guilty on all counts, all three charges as it related to the death of George Floyd. And there were a lot of different reactions to it. What what was your day like, I guess, from the time that you heard that there was that the jury had reached a verdict and that they were going to be putting it out yesterday? I was at um, I was at a Leslie's pool supply yesterday picking up um, stuff to kill all the all the algae. Um, out of my pool and my phone started going off and I pull, I pulled it out and kind of instinctually like just left it up on Twitter. So that's what came up first. And the number one trend in the, in the world with like 400,000 tweets was guilty. And I saw the first tweet that I saw come across was Michael Steele, the former um, RNC chair, yeah. Michael Steele. Um, and, uh, and I just saw that tweet and, and I retweeted it. And then um and then I just kind of like sat down for a minute and was, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was choking back tears a little bit. Not, and, and it didn't have anything to do with like, this is like justice or, or a right was wrong. It was just overwhelming in the moment Yeah. of, um, of this is where we're at, you know? And like, and that, that this is, this was anticipated news. It just, I was just sad. I just the the it just brought on a new kind of sadness and that was really all I had to say about it was like justice in any form is still very sad but it's like a navigatable sadness that you can actually make a little bit of sense of and that's the gift it's not like anything good happened yesterday for anybody yep exactly that was the thing that I thought I, I thought that was a great way to say it because I wasn't happy I wasn't excited I was just like, yo, okay, a murderer got sentenced to uh, jail, Hmm, as it should be. There's a little bit of accountability, but there was a little bit of, I guess, where I felt a little bit of relief that that I could just go out about my normal day. You know what I mean? Like that, that this was a case of, like, accountability. I didn't have to be upset. I didn't have to, I could just go finish working, lay down, deal with my damn allergies, not have to be upset, not have to be bothered. And then also have a little bit of hope. Like, because when you take away people's hope, like that's when they start getting angry and frustrated and dejected and all of that. So the fact that there was some hope is for the the future was the thing that I thought was most important from the the day. But I got in a Twitter argument, I guess, if you call it, with some people talking about, oh, well, people are making this about uh, the police in general and about 
all all they're making it a grander issue when this is one man, one case, one state, all of that. And I was like, yeah, it is one man, one case, one state, all of that. But but when you think about all the injustices that have happened to people, it does mean something to people when there is some accountability. It granted it's only one one case, but when something is so glaringly obvious to everybody, even other police officers, and if you had gotten a different verdict, it would have been just crushing to people. Um, yeah, absolutely. And we're, I mean, we're getting close to 70 years. We're about 65 years after um, Emmett Till's killers went to trial. Uh, J.W. Milam and Roy Bryant, they were um, they they were acquitted, and then they admitted to it right after because of double jeopardy laws. And and you know, we're, we're sixty five years later, and you have a nine plus minute video, um, which you and I still have not watched, and I can't I can't bring myself to watch the people that I trust watched it and I read enough about it to not have to just see what I'm already believed to be true. Um, but to have that video and have it still be up for debate. And I know a lot of people, especially black people who were actually surprised by the verdict, not just relieved, but surprised. And you talk about relief, you know, but it doesn't, that relief doesn't imply that anything good has come of anything it's like a doctor coming out and telling you in the in the waiting room uh, you know hey we just underwent um, a successful amputation of your spouse's leg your spouse's leg had cancer and it was killing them and now they don't have a leg right so they don't have the cancer that's killing them but they also don't have a leg so it's not like there is no there is no ultimately restorative um because he's still outcome to make you whole yeah yeah and that was And that was, um, you know, that that moments of relief on on my end ended pretty quickly when the Speaker of the House of Representatives decided that she wanted to thank George Floyd for sacrificing himself for justice. Okay, so like, so did you look at that as she miss misspoke? Because I looked at it like I wanted first first my thing. I thought I was like, shut the fuck up, Nancy Pelosi, and because. To me, it was a situation to where, especially when people are in a position of power, and you talked about this on the last show, where um, whether it's conservative talking heads, liberal talking heads, what, whatever it is, they always feel like that they have to say something important. You know what I mean? Like say something, um, you know, grand and, you know, mon- monumental. And it's like sometimes you can just say, listen. We are we're we're supporting the community. We're trying to do the right thing. This was a step in the right direction. And that's it. Like, you don't have to like it's like um, I remember when I had my knee surgery. Right. One of the most famous doctors in the whole world is Dr. Andrews, who him and uh, Dr. Job created, I think, the the modern ACL surgery and the Tommy John surgery. And. And he has like this creed on his wall. And he was like, don't be the first to make a diagnosis. Like, don't 
be the like don't act like you have the magic knowledge like let the facts take you to where that you're supposed to be and i think that that's a good way to operate like that's too big of a responsibility to for anybody to always have to say something about everything and it be and it be important it's just you have that stage you have that audience give the assist defer Bring somebody else up who is more qualified or in tune in that moment. Surrender your moment because you don't need it. Yeah. You don't need that moment. You don't need every moment. And it was, um, it was slightly overwhelming because, you know, I think, I don't know what NBA teams are thinking. And we got into this really heavy on like the NBA has set the precedent that they got to speak on all the things. Yeah. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that's healthy, but it wasn't just, it wasn't just the NFL and NBA. It was a bunch of different brands yesterday that had pre written statements and graphics made up to tweet out upon the release of the verdict. And something felt gross about it that, you know, that it wasn't organic that they probably ran it through eight or nine different people, that they probably had multiple things prepared based on what verdict was coming out. And it was just that I, I had a lot of questions about the necessity of needing to know what the Spurs and the Suns and the Warriors and the Clippers and the now infamous Raiders tweet, what they all had to think and say on this subject in the immediate release. Because I don't know if in their heads they're thinking, oh, our fan base only follows us. They'll only see this. But as somebody who follows a bunch of different teams to keep up with as much sports news and in-house PR that's tweeted out as possible. All I saw was like 25 major teams in a row release several paragraph statements that they had all prepared. And the whole thing was just super overwhelming and it came off incredibly disingenuous. And then it was all capped off by the, the very bizarre Raiders tweet, although although I almost understand what was going on there yeah. a little bit more than I understand what was going on. Like it, at some point you gotta understand like intention and and what a miss is, right? Like yeah. you don't have to give them credit you don't have to give somebody credit for missing. Um, but like when it came out that that was Mark Davis like personally wanted that to be out there. It was like, all right, well, he, he's got a little bit to learn and hopefully he's listening now because yeah. everyone on earth is yelling at Mark Davis. Yeah. See when the, the point you made about athletes, particularly NBA players, because yesterday was a day that they clearly had to plan for, right? Yeah. That, they had to be like, okay, now what are we going to do depending on like, and I thought that the fact that there were so many people that didn't have a responsibility to do something, they were like, probably felt a relief. Like, yo, like it took care of itself. I can just go about my day. Right. Like yeah. I can just go do my job, take care of my family, live my responsibility. I thought that that was probably the best moment about it. And then my last point about Nancy Pelosi was, is that even sometimes when they're when you have people down for the cause or whatever, however you want to say it, 
that doesn't mean that they always get it. <laughs> I mean, they don't always get what that entails. And sometimes it's best to just shut up. Just and I know that there are going to be people who politicize and dissect what she said. And on some level, they're right. Like you're accountable for your actions and your words. Right. And then on yeah. some level, people try to over dissect every single thing, especially when you're speaking off the off the cuff from not pre-prepared statements. So I think that there is, you know, different levels to all of that. Uh, it's people trying to make themselves feel better. I always think back to um, I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. My faith is incredibly important to me, but I also respect where other people are coming from. And I think back to Pat Tillman's public like ceremony funeral. I think it was held at Sun Devil Stadium. There's lots of people out there. John McCain is out there. And um, Pat Tillman's little brother got up on stage took the microphone and he's like, I appreciate everybody's sentiments, but Pat's fucking dead. So like what, however you choose to grieve is for you. But yeah. like Pat was not this. And so, and, and to be able to like reach out and try, because now the rest of their lives have been trying to reclaim who Pat Tillman was from everybody else who's trying to use them for their own purposes or to make themselves feel better or to further their own worldview. And it was like we were fresh off the verdict and, and one of the most powerful people on earth gets up and thanks a guy who didn't ask for any of this and certainly yeah, he didn't, didn't sacrifice. Yeah, it wasn't a sacrifice. Oh, and the other thing that um, that came out of the verdict was uh, people who were saying, all right, well, who the hell would want to be a cop now? And because they're not being supported. And my thing about that was, all right, or people, more people will want to be cops if they know. Oh, that there that that there's actual accountability for people. Just like more people want to be accountants if they know that you're going to go to work for an accounting firm that won't end with you going to jail for some type of fraud. Yep. More people will want to go into football and play in the NFL if they know that the NFL genuinely cares about players after retirement and brain health and stuff like that. If you reform an industry like that. The, I, I don't know if you ever read the jungle, but it was all about like immigrants coming up and getting used uh, up by meat, meat packing plants. And, uh, and I think the, the point of the book was to promote socialism and unionizing and the actual result of the book with people reading it and like stopped eating meat. So like people got the, the book caused uh, an absolute like food revolution, but the point of the book was to cause like a social re revolution or whatever. But like, the, it exposed how dangerous the conditions of like the meat packing plants and these places that immigrants would live were and how they were exploited and everything like that. And it's like saying like, Hey, we fixed all that stuff. Who would want to work at a meat packing plant now? Yeah. Like it's just such a dumb fallacy. Like anybody would want to work at a place where they know that good work is valued. The right kind of people would want to work there. Yeah. Yeah. And it and uh, and the other thing, there were people who said that, oh, well, well, don't get don't get high on fentanyl. Don't pass a twenty dollar bill. And here's the thing that I said to to those people is that there's nothing 
more devastating on earth than to destroy somebody's hope, right? So yes, yes, uh, George Floyd did have struggles with addiction. Yes, he passed a $20 bill, a fake $20 bill. Yes, he had done some other things in life that weren't great. But we've seen so many comeback stories in life where they where they did do all of these terrible things and their life was maybe going in a direction that wasn't great. But we've seen the comeback stories and then those people go and transform their lives and help so many other people. But when you're murdered in this way. There is there is no hope. There's no redemption. There's no like your book wasn't finished, but somebody burned the book. Somebody tore up your book before you were finished writing it. Right. And it's just it it's weird because people, I think, for the most part, our natural inclination is to root for and support redemption and restoration. Yeah. I think even the worst of us, you know, like we, we, we poked fun at Mike Lindell on the last um, show, right? We, we poked fun at uh, somebody tricking Mike Lindell into thinking that Donald Trump was calling and then just yelling out profanities on the air. Like that was funny. Um, Above all else, the only reason that I know Mike Lindell's name is that he was a crack addict who's now a company CEO. Oh, he like was. regardless of how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. He was like on the streets, crack addict. And like, and it's just, it's, it's so weird to me. We always talk about on this show as well about how people don't hear each other. Like there's all these people roasting Hunter Biden for his drug problem while supporting Mike Lindell. And in a big like reason for supporting Mike Lindell is his redemptive story. Like it's, we just don't hear and see from each other. And, and if people do have like grace based core values and like, let's say that a lot of the people who are saying like, Hey, st- play stupid games, win stupid prizes also have like a grace-based faith, right? They remember the stories that they're taught yeah. in church and in the Bible. The last thing that Jesus does before he's executed is forgive somebody of all their transgressions who doesn't even have the opportunity to turn around and, and have a story of redemption or restoration, but just grants him grace for the sake of grace. And if we're not a graceful people toward each other, if we keep score, if we're constantly pointing out each other's failures and holding it against um, each other so long as you agree or disagree with what my politics are, then you're revealing two things. Your true God is your politics. That's what you worship. And two, the grace that you feel like you you need in your life to be able to function is not something that you're willing to turn around and and, and reciprocate, right? And, and yep. so – I, it's just, it is very, very weird to me. And I'm, I'm lucky enough to be from a background where I got crooks and, and drunks and cheaters and liars in my family tree as far back as it goes. And I've got some of those qualities in my life as well that it's like, who, who am I to judge? And why would you want that responsibility to be the ultimate judge, jury and executioner for, for somebody else. And it's just it like for, for people to not be able to get that portion of it, that just because you did something wrong, doesn't mean that somebody else has the right to execute you. Correct. I, 
I can't. I, yep. What what do you have to do to get through to those people that you want the same rights for them? You don't want them to be subjected to to that kind of thing for the mistakes that they may make. Yep. Um, uh, and yesterday we also found out that there was an Ohio teenager who was shot after she called the police for for help. And that sparked a national debate about use of force, because, yes, she did have a knife. Yes, she was trying to attack another person. But if you call the police and then as of uh, what was it, as of 4-12-21, concealed carry of a knife in Ohio is legal, first thing. And Ohio is a stand your ground state. So if she felt like her life was in danger and she was defending it, the idea that she comes up and lethal force is used, that's a question because it's also because as of 4-12-21, it's legal to conceal carry knives, brass knuckles, cestues, which is are those gloves, those weighted gloves that have, uh, you know, uh, weapons in them. Billy clubs, blackjack, sandbags, switchblade knives, spring blade knives, gravity knives, and all of that. And so the idea that the police officer comes up because you can see that it looks like she's trying to attack the person. But is she defending herself? This is in a stand your ground state. Should she have been shot? Should she have been shot in the leg? Should he have used a taser? What, what was your take on what was seen? I mean, the police are put in in very, very difficult situations. And when you when you have to make a split second decision like that, it the lethal force even existing as an option in your mind in that circumstance means that this outcome is possible. And so, you know, we don't live in England where if somebody was attacking somebody with a knife, then the responding officers would have to like billy club them into submission. So this is what we have. We have lethal force as an option for responding officers who come to a situation, don't have a full understanding of it, and believe that they are ultimately trying to do something good in that circumstance. And what you're left with is more brokenness and more tragedy and more outrage and more loss of life and more people weighing in on the last 30 seconds of somebody's life that they lived without completely understanding who they are from birth and where they came from. And, um, yeah, I, I just saw that and I was just sad, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just sad that that is, it is such a readily available option because of the, the, the way we train our police and the way that our country is and, and, and the way that we take in and then put out violence into the world that 
and everything about that situation seemed seemed avoidable and tragic. And all you're doing now is compounding outrage. So it doesn't matter what happened and it doesn't matter in what order. And it doesn't matter. You know, I see people in bad faith, even though it is a point worth considering. There are people in bad faith pointing out that like, hey, a black girl's life might have been saved, actually by this yeah. and so is the cop actually racist and i'm like i don't want to be answering these questions right you know, see, nobody wants see, to be in this situation but this is america this is where we live now the following is a high five moment from high five casino.com i won Yahoo! private put down your phone this is the army sort high five casino is a social casino it's on your phone goes wherever you go i win free spins cash prizes free daily rewards over 1200 games i won again platoon present cell phone high five high five casino casino win at high five casino.com high five casino is a social casino no purchase necessary void were prohibited play responsibly conditions apply see website for details high five casino when it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more, saving you time and money. With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com slash special. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash special for $1,000 off Vanta. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing. And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Here is the part that, that it makes black people a little bit upset, right? Is that they show up, there's an attack happening, right? But then when Dylan Roof, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, all of these people, like, how are they apprehended without death? They actually killed people and have weapons in their hands. So how does that happen? That's where people get frustrated and upset. I think because you're dealing with you're dealing with an orchestrated event. Right. So when you're when you when you're dealing with an orchestrated event, uh, there's at least somewhat of a plan 
in the mind of the fugitive um, and in the instances that you've that you've pointed out in 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 the mind of the young white male fugitive right that yeah. they are going to have an encounter with police and to them it's going to go one of two ways either they're going to go out in a blaze of glory slash take their own life or they are prepared to surrender um in in those circumstances and one of the one of the 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 implications that it feels like people are making and and we know that they're not is saying how can you take these people alive and not take these other people alive and I think that some people interpret that as we should be shooting people like Dylan Roof no, and no, the no. Holmes kid on site. And that has nothing to do with it at all. But I do think that it's different when it's a planned circumstance of like someone knows they're probably going to get caught. And so they're going to comply with officers in that moment, no matter how dangerous they are um, and how dangerous they've been, because they want their story to get out there and they want that infamy to continue because they're not the coward put a gun in your mouth at the end of your rage quit on life party that you threw for yourself. So it, it's different when it's somebody has orchestrated a situation in which they know they're going to encounter police and when police are involved in a situation where nobody wants the police to be involved in that situation slash the event that is occurring that got the police involved was not something that was, that was ever intended to have police involved. Just the day to day interactions of citizens and, and the people who police them. Right. And so I, I think that that that's the one thing that you have to take a, a really close look at when you're putting this comparison out into the world, because on its okay. face, it makes sense. But on the other side of it, like these coward loser mass murderers wanted to get taken alive and oh, yeah. because they wanted to get. And now somebody's going to look at that and be like, well, I, there are plenty of black people who wouldn't mind being taken to jail um, exactly. alive. But a lot of the black people in those interactions didn't want to have an interaction with the police in the first place. Correct. Ex exactly. Dylan Roof wanted to meet police. Right. They, yes. These guys want like they wanted their infamy. They wanted to get arrested. Yep. One hundred percent. Now we can shift gears to uh, actual all sports <laughs> um, and the NFL draft. It's, it's coming up and Eagles. They hired a new head coach. And this is Nick Sirianni. He came over from the Colts, right? I, think he came I believe from. so. Yeah. Yeah. Is he a quarterback's um, coach or? Offensive yeah. assistant of some kind. And then he um so he's the new head coach. He's the one he's one of the ones who bombed their initial press conference. It didn't go well at all. And he the Eagles had and them, Howie Roseman, all of them had a press conference today, and they said a few things. Number one, they're not gonna name Jalen Hurt Hurts the starting quarterback because they're gonna have an open competition at every single position. First of all, that's a bunch of bull crap. Like, no, nobody does that. They say they do it, but you got to follow the money on some level, too. Like, stop. Um, and the second thing is, this dude, Nick Sirianni, said that during his draft process, that he played a few games of rock, paper, scissors with draft prospects just to gauge their competitiveness. And I was like, what? 
Okay, so throw out all the scouting, throw out the films, uh, you're talking to the coaches, any of that. No, no, no. Let's, I'll judge his competitiveness. Let's play rock, paper, scissors. What if I don't like rock, paper, scissors? What if I'm more competitive at video games? What if I'm more competitive at whatever the hell else? Or I'm not competitive about anything except for when somebody hits me in the face. I, I thought this was so juvenile and... Typical for NFL coaches for them to come up with, oh, I got the magic knowledge. Let's play rock, paper, scissors, and we'll come up with who's the most competitive. It does feel like something that a psychologist would do. Like, uh, but I, okay, so I, I have two things to say here. One, what if somebody's too competitive? <laughs> like, man, this player is like a little. This player has literally forgotten the authority structure that would exist in this relationship for the sole purpose of winning. of earning me into dust, right? Yeah. So, like, it just makes me wonder, like, is there a level of competitiveness that, that would make Coach Sirianni uncomfortable? And then uh, <laughs> the other thought that I have that takes us back to probably the longest running joke on this show and in yours and my relationship is, would he draft me? <laughs> If I was, would he draft me? If I was an elite, if I got in this situation, George. Okay. So to, he, to go back, anybody who's new listening, Ralph says he's not competitive, but Ralph, everything Ralph does signals that he's competitive. His wife thinks he's competitive. I think he's competitive. Um, everything like that. Everybody thinks he's competitive. He plays Connect Four. Answer it. Uh, he plays Connect Four competitively. Hold on. No, call your brother. Jeez, Louise. He just he just called. Go out. Go outside and call your brother. <laughs> so, he, family matters, right? He just um, yeah. So Ralph is super competitive. He pretends that he's not competitive. It's just the fact that Ralph doesn't like to lose or not be great at something. So then he's like, ah, I don't really, he convinces himself that he doesn't care about it. But if you get, but if you say the magic <laughs> words to Ralph on Twitter, he will tweet you for two straight hours like a competitive person. If you uh, challenge Ralph to a, a Phoenix Suns or Arizona knowledge contest, he will beat you down. If you challenge Ralph, if you if you hit Ralph from a burner account, listen, here, listen, create a burner account. Tweet some crazy stuff to Ralph. <laughs> do not tell people to do this. To create a burner account. Tweet some crazy stuff to Ralph. But let this account get a couple weeks old, though. Like just 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 use it like a normal burner account. And then challenge Ralph to figure out who you are. I, I will bet dollars to donuts that he can figure out who it is in like under and under two hours. So, I hate this so try much. that. I try to that. Participate. And and we're gonna talk about. Oh, this must be talked about on the Pac-12 Apostles podcast too. Must okay. be. Okay. Two things. Two things. If I was to vehemently disagree with you, and have like ten points as to why I disagree with you, all it would do is fuel the point that I'm competitive which i am not therefore i have to sit and i have to take this and i understand that and i accept it and secondly i do believe that there's a difference between compulsion and competitiveness and there are some things that i don't feel like i have full control 
over. Dude, you like, tweeted somebody like a dog every with a single bone. day for an entire year. One, yeah, one that, specific yeah, that tweet. Person, that person sued me. That person sued me. Um, That's what I'm saying, dude. Over you Twitter. are competitive. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that there's a difference. I just think that there's a difference between compulsion and competitiveness. And I'm not going to debate you on it. You win. It all is well <laughs> on, on my end. So you can think what you want. I don't care. But I, in my opinion, my personal opinion. Yeah, but you do I care, feel like, though, Ralph. You do care because, because com- compulsion is competitiveness on some level. You think so? You think the people who just like can't stop cleaning their counter are trying to win the counter cleaning Olympics? Yes. Yes. They are trying to have the cleanest counter. They want no counter in the world to be cleaner than theirs. I'm dying. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. I don't No, I think that they, I think it's an internal issue that needs to be vetted out with proper uh, therapy. So well, let's see if let's see if uh well, I'll, I'll address some of these issues in, in, in private, but I do not believe that I am an overly competitive person. And, uh, and so I will why let your you and I guess my wife. You've been, you've been with your wife for like damn near 25 years. Okay. <laughs> you really have me on this podcast. Have me explain why I think my wife is wrong. And I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> That's a checkmate, my, exactly, my friend. Exactly. So uh, I'm one of your best friends. Your wife knows. Everybody knows you're competitive, Ralph. All right. All right. Um, the next thing up is, uh, so uh, Steph Curry, his hate is at an absolute maximum right now. Maximum. He's playing his best basketball of his life. In his uh, in the month of April, he's averaging forty point seven points, shooting fifty five percent from the field, fifty percent from the three point land, and fifty one uh, and ninety one percent from the free throw line, and that's in ten games. And he's made seventy two three pointers, and in the last week, so that was like a day ago, uh, up until back up a day ago, because the Warriors haven't played in a couple days. Warriors. Uh, Steph Curry had made 36 three-pointers in one week. The Orlando Magic, the entire team, and the Sacramento Kings had made 33 total. And the Washington Wizards had only made 29, and the Pelicans had made 26. Are you kidding me? And people are like, oh, yeah, he's not a transcendent player. He hasn't done anything. And you're like, he's yeah, he hasn't done anything except change the way basketball is played. You can't go to a high school game without somebody chucking up a 35-foot three-pointer and nobody yells at the player. I mean, that's literally half court in high school. And nobody's like, oh, my God, get him out of the game. They're like, okay, missed. It's incredible, and it's his doing. Absolutely. And, and, and to be specific, I've seen um, there's been some criticism recently from from Jason Smith on, on, on Fox Sports, who has a really strong Steph Curry take. And it's that he is not um, he calls him a system quarterback, that it's How? that he's the result of the system. I, I don't of know what system, what system can make you make right. in the history of the NBA. There have been 37 games in the entire we're, we're talking about damn near 1500 games a season. 
Uh, what did, see see what year Ralph the the uh the three point line came into effect? Um, when what I here's a st- here's a statistic I'll give you from from 1996 to 2009. So for a 13 year period, the record for the most threes in a game was held by Dennis Scott. He hit 11 in one game. It broke the previous record of 10, and that record stood for 13 years until J.R. Smith came in and tied it. Yeah. Okay? In the history of the NBA, in the history of the NBA, only 65 times has someone made 10 three-pointers in a game. No, 21 of those? No, it's not 65. It's 35. 37 players, I think, have done it, but it's been done 65 yes. times. Correct. So of those 65 times, Steph Curry is 21 of them. And he's done it four times in the last five games. There is nobody like like Steph Curry. There never has been anybody like Steph Curry. Um, there is nobody to compare him to even the best shooters of the beloved 1990s era of basketball, even, even Larry bird. I'm not sure had a season where he averaged two threes in a game. One, my, one of my favorite players as a kid, and George is going to laugh at this because of, of course, one of my favorite players is going to be a guy who never won anything and was also very short, uh, but was Dana Barrows, Dana Barrows, like, He was considered an elite shooter and even made an all-star game off of his shooting ability, even participated in three-point contests off of his shooting ability. And I think the most threes he like ever made in a season was 81, 82. Steph Curry in the last five games has 50. Yes. Like there is nothing like Steph Curry. There is – and just the idea that he is anything other – than a, like a top 15 player in the history of basketball and probably the most revolutionary basketball player we've had since the combination of, of you know, Jordan and, and Kobe, you know, because not everybody can do what Jordan did or do what Kobe did, but you can model your game after him. Not everybody can shoot like Steph Curry, but you can model your game after him. There were guys that changed the game but you couldn't do what they could do. Like Sean Kemp, Dominique Wilkins. Yeah. If you didn't have a 48 inch vertical, then there's, you know, you, you have to lower the hoop to eight, uh, eight feet and pretend. <laughs> yeah. So, but like, so why no, do you think that he, he's the most the transcendent. So, that, why do you think the hate is so strong? Because the dude is clearly one of one. He's one of yeah. one. How did you feel about Michael Jordan in the moment? I, I thought we were watching something unbelievable that we had never seen, something that nobody else could do. And that's the exact okay. same way I feel about Steph. I hated him. And I can't, t- I can't explain oh, I why. Him, I, though. Uh, what did you think about when, when it v- became very clear the few years that Shaq was in LA, that it was a cheat code, that it wasn't like there was nothing anybody could do about the 330 pounds, seven foot one, monster who if he got the ball on the block had the like that they had to rewire the way that hoops were strung up in arenas what did you think about that i thought i was like this is something we've never seen before and this is incredible like i didn't i didn't i didn't hate it because i was a lakers fan i did i did 
I did. What did you think when Tim Duncan came in and he 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 got five rings going off the backboard? Like I, just at, being at a big first, fundamental. At first I thought it was boring, but then the basketball savant in me, the basketball purist in me was like, this is good basketball. Like they passed, they set screens, they and it really shaped the way that I felt about basketball. And that's the reason why I liked watching the Warriors play so much. And I I hate the ISO. That's probably why I hate Harden's game so much. Is that again? Yeah, again. So that's a thing I also hated. I it I think it took for me, it took, it, it took like maturity. It took maturity in life to get to the point where I didn't hate something just because it involved success for somebody else that was doing it in a way that was different than what I was used to. Probably the first time that I was ever able to enjoy something that I actually did not enjoy was the when the Pistons had that run where they held like five straight teams under 80 points and went on to knock off Kobe's Lakers in the, in, in the finals. Like that to me, I did not enjoy anything about it. Yeah. Uh, stylistically, it, it did not appeal to my sensibilities. And I think that's the issue with a lot of people who they see Steph Curry jacking it up from 40 feet and they're like, that's not basketball. It, but and it is, though, like like it, it used is, to be yeah. a bad shot. But when when you can make it above 40 percent, it's better than a two point shot. Like if, if you make <laughs> if it because if you shoot uh if you shoot two point shots at 50%, which would be extremely high for a season, right? Then, right. then, then five, two point shots get you. So I, yeah, yeah. If, if you shoot, if you make five out of 10, two point shots, you're a really good shooter. That'll get you 10 points. If you make four out of 10, three pointers, you have 12 points. It's it's just yeah, simple to, math. To be like to be very clear, Steph Curry is shooting better from three than the Orlando Magic are shooting as a team this year. From from two point two, from overall. From oh my overall, god! The Orlando Magic are shooting forty three point one percent on on the season. And Steph Curry is shooting 43.7% on 12 three-point attempts a game. And these are ones where, I mean, and think about it, the majority of his threes, somebody is on him, jumping at him. He's falling out of bounds. He's not just like nobody leaves him wide open. Well, he's rarely left wide open. Like it's got to be like a kickback off a, a long rebound and it just falls in his hands or something. And he's doing it without the protection of clay. Like imagine if Clay were playing yeah. and he was this this hot. It, it would be insane because he stretches the floor so much. Steph Curry hate it needs to stop. Appreciate it. We're seeing something yeah, and that I, we I don't would say see. That, exactly. And I would say even the Jason Smith criticism of like he's a system guy. It's happening because of the transition to Steve. Like, first of all, players get better. That's what yep. happens as they go on through, throughout their career. Steph Curry changed the game and then played within the change. Yes. Like, Dude, he changed the game. Steve he Kerr did. didn't want him to play like that. In the beginning, Steve Curry used to be like, re re remember that play 
where uh, he's playing against the Clippers and he dribbles around and he just turns around at the top of the key and chucks it up. And Steve Kerr's like, no, no. And he just put puts his head on his hands on his <laughs> head. And it was it was so perfect because it was a surrender, a surrender Cobra. He was like, I, that yeah. was the moment I think that he gave up and was like that. I, I can't. First of all, I can't stop him from shooting and he's making them. So why would I care? Like just whatever, right? What, whatever, dude. And again, just. he is shooting forty three point seven percent from three this year on twelve Golden State a game. As a, Golden State as a team, the entire team last year, when they only had Steph Curry for five games, they shot forty three point eight percent as a team. Dude, <laughs> so. if you took if you took him off of this team, like this is the thing that people don't understand. If you took Steph Curry. Off of this team, they would be the Timberwolves. They would be the Houston Rockets, who lost like 20 games in a row or 21 games in a row this year. They would be like the Phoenix Suns like two years ago. They'd be trash. Just say. Okay. <laughs> Emma, were, the, were, the, were the Phoenix Suns good two years ago? Absolutely not. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. That's how they got De- DeAndre Ayton. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to – I will throw out there that I predicted the Suns would go 40 and 32 this year, uh, and they are currently like 41 and 16. So even my expectations have been completely wrecked. Thank you, Chris Paul. Yes. He the should actual be the MVP. MVP. Yep. For sure. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, People are talking about Jokic. Okay, fine. Yeah, but I, <laughs> the the Phoenix Suns are really close to having the best record in the NBA, and that sentence is just phenomenal. Yeah, but if they don't get out of the second round of the playoffs, what what will it what will it matter? Um, it matters to me. They haven't. My my sons have never seen a playoff team, so it matters to me. <laughs> oh my God! Your kids haven't. Oh, that's tough. The following is a high five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. dot com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie. I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over twelve hundred games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Whoa! <laughs> I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. dot com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, all right. Um, now it's time for uh, cancel or consequence. Do we need to cancel? Cancel. 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 cancel? Or is there a justified consequence? Let's find out now. Cancel or consequence, it's the point in the show where we say if a play, if a person or player or whatever out in the world, doesn't have to be in sports, was canceled or they suffered consequences for what they did in life. So, and that is bringing back something that we talked about earlier with Raiders owner Al Davis. He tweeted, I can breathe after the... Uh, Derek Chauvin was found guilty of murdering George Floyd and the world has attacked him and fought like like the it, it's like the Wizard of Oz when the when the house fell on the witch everybody the entire world has fallen on Mark Davis but come to find out he didn't mean it how he said it so do you think he's being canceled or do you think he's getting consequences? Um, I What consequences they're going to be? I, I don't None. see an actual consequence. Like, I, I don't think ridicule is a consequence unless there's some type of actual penalty that is, is, is that he is been paid. On Twitter? So, he was yesterday. <laughs> he, no, no, he no, was no, yesterday. No, 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 because that was from the Raiders official account. Yeah. So, and he's so taking is he the blame personally for on Twitter? Tweet. He must have access to the account because he said he said that he's responsible for this tweet and that it's not coming down and that he realizes that it was a, a big miss, right? It might be the most quoted tweet I've ever seen. It's it's almost to 72,000 quote tweets of people just like, hey, I want everybody, what is that, virtue signaling? Like some of it was for jokes. Some of it was like legitimate outrage. And then the rest of it was just kind of like, the virtue signal of like, hey, I also disagree with this. Everybody look at me and watch me disagree with this. Yeah. Um, and then what, what was interesting is there was actually quite a few people who saw the intent of it and were like, hey, can you explain to me why? Um, it, like, if you look, there are thousands of replies of people like, can someone please explain to me why we're mad now? Um, so I would say that it's a little bit of... I would say cancellation. And here's why I would lean toward cancellation because there are like four employees of the Raiders social media team that are pretty easily searchable on Twitter. You just type Raiders social and click people. And that brings everybody up or you can Google it and they all pop up on LinkedIn right away. Those four people were getting roasted last night and they weren't responding. They weren't doing any, like they had all logged off. And they took some they took some abuse and to come to find out it had absolutely nothing to do with them. Yeah. And so I, I think there was definitely some like hive mind cancel culture on full display. I I even replied, I said, like, this was this tweet was a worse decision than Mark Davis's haircut. But I wasn't attacking. I wasn't attacking all of the social media team employees that actually work for the work well, for the Raiders because well, you don't know which they, one of those because nobody fired off thought the tweet. that the damn owner would be responsible for a tweet. Like that's the crazy like, part. Back in the early days of the San Diego Chargers when uh when the account would just tweet like I'm going to PF Chang's with my wife. Yeah. 
<laughs> You'd be like, wait, what? What? Right. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, so I don't think he's he's not canceled or consequenced. But the one question is, do you think he should have deleted the tweet after he said he didn't realize that the NYPD and some other police officers actually wore I can breathe shirts kind of mocking Eric Garner and um, and people who were protesting uh, these these killings, especially the I can't breathe stuff. So do you think he should have taken it down? So on one hand, I'm like, I get where somebody's like, yo, it's screenshot everywhere. I'll, I'll own my mistakes. And there's no point in in taking it down. But then there's the other aspect of it. If you're like, yo, when you know that you screwed something up, you you try to make amends or do the right thing in the process. I think I I think that I'm I'm honestly hoping that it sets a trend of people understanding that, like deleting it. What's the point? It's around. Yeah, you can get the screenshot anywhere. Yeah. And so. Uh, deleting tweets can, uh, deleting tweets in today's day and age is like its own form of apology or admitting that it's wrong. Or like I always used to, um, uh, maybe you identify with this. When I was younger, there'd be these movies like the coming of age eighties movies where somebody would say something insulting and the person that got insulted would say, take it back. Yeah. You can't take it back. Yeah, and then now we actually live in a day and age where that's humanly possible. Like you can delete a tweet and that's your ability to take something back. But I always remember growing up of like, how do you take something back that you said you said it? It yeah. exists. Yeah. It already emotionally impacted the people around you. You can apologize, but what do you mean? Take it back. Yeah, take and it we, back. And we like – right, and then we invented a society where that's actually possible and that always kind of makes me laugh a little bit. So, I mean, there are certainly some people who would probably equate deleting a tweet with um, having second thoughts or apologizing, um, but it still exists. I, I, I don't know. I, I personally never saw the point of deleting tweets, although I I do – and we have talked about on this show – I do support anybody who lives in public life that wants to completely scrub their social media presence so that they don't have to answer for something that they might not even remember what the context of it was. Yep. All right. All right. Um, now it is time for the best of social media. We have a couple things today. Now, 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 now. here's the best of social media. The first thing, this one made Ralph really, really happy today. So there was a tweet (laughs) about who would you rather have long term, Michael Porter Jr., who plays for the Nuggets, or Mikael Bridges, who plays for the Hornets. And Mikael Bridges has been dunking on everybody's face this year. That's Miles. That's Miles. That's Miles Bridges. Mikael's on the Suns. Oh, on the Suns? Oh, my God. Mikhail's like a three and D wing who plays really good defense. That's what makes it even funnier. <laughs> I thought it was the other Bridges. Dude, no, man. Dude, the, the, the Bridges brothers keeping up with Miles and Mikhail. That's like keeping up with Marcus and Markeith Morris. Like somebody they, asked uh, on Twitter, somebody asked Miles Bridges if uh, Mikhail was his brother. He said, no, that's my son. <laughs> <laughs> ah, dude, that is amazing. 
That, so that makes that's it even funnier that, that you that thought buys. that it was about you thought that it was about Miles Junior. Uh, Miles Bridges makes it even funnier. Oh my god! Like I, I was telling you, the reason I thought that poll was so funny is Michael Porter Jr. is legitimately considered one of the greatest basketball, like the Jesus Shuttleworth basketball prospect. Like everybody thought that he was going to come in the NBA and be, you know, he reminds me of Harold Miner, except for he's way better than Harold Miner actually turned out to be. Um, you know, where everybody's like, no, he's the second coming. He's the next best thing. And then he ended up having back surgery and all of that. So we're um, and he's and, and dude, that poll came on the heels of him averaging 24 and 10 since Jamal Murray tore his knee up. Like oh, Michael cool. Porter Jr. could still be a top 10 player in the NBA at some point. There's no doubt in my mind. And I it, it makes me wonder if people respond that way because they genuinely think Mikhail Bridges, who's a wonderful basketball player, he's anything you would ever want in in like building a, a winning team. Um, but like it genuinely makes me wonder if people are so mad at Michael Porter Jr. for his like Pizzagate QAnon sensibilities. No, Her- I think that people thought that he's Miles Bridges, who's on all the highlights <laughs> dunking on everybody right now. That's, <laughs> think- that's what I think. That's funny. I think that's people a more mistakenly voting. Yeah, that's hilarious. That, that that's just like us, dude. It's just like us. Um, the next best thing in social media was Sonic the Hedgehog and uh, Mario dancing at a birthday party. So what'd you think about that? Um, it makes me want to throw my kids a birthday party with... I got a kid birthday party coming up. I need to hire these fools. That looked fun. I'm not going to lie. So my kids have never had a birthday party. Is that weird? In life? Your oldest kid's, what, 13? Well, he's 12. He's 12. He had a birthday. He had a party on his first birthday, which he doesn't even remember. Um, It was a disaster. I had some family member, like, lock themselves in the bathroom and not come out for, like, 10 hours. Uh, And so... Not a great experience. And then my daughter had a birthday party when she turned one. So I got four kids. They are 12, 11, 7, and 5. Two birthday parties between the, like, 30 combined years. You are a... Does that make me a bad bad father? No, I I know you. You are a good father, but I don't know what to to make out of that. Dude, not even, like, a milestone... Birthday like a double digit. Hey, turn turns ten. Happy birthday! Then like a fifteenth, thirteenth birthday. Give your give your daughter a quinceanera when when she turns fifteen. No, I'm not against birthday parties. I just the first one was terrible, and their three boys all have summer birthdays. So I just take them camping. We just go camping. Like that's been that's been what we do. They get cake we celebrate as a as a family i'm sure that they would love to have a blowout and show off all their and invite as many people as possible so that they can get more so presents on the table friends they have a few friends yeah but like they don't yeah yes it is I, I i understand the value of it i just they don't have school time birthdays so yeah. that makes it a little bit more tough we've yeah, moved yeah, around I, quite a bit 
I get it because I because I have one kid who has only one of them who has uh, well, two who have out of the five uh, school time birthdays. The rest of them are like not school birthday. So I get that part of it. And you're like, this is kind of weird. Everybody's gone. But now they're out in North Carolina. We might have to do it just so that they can meet people. Yeah. Like I, I, I can see that, but I mean, but then they're not going to be in school until after their next. So I don't know. I, I feel bad, but I tell you what, if I can get Sonic and Mario to show up and dance to Michael Jackson, we're going to have some birthday parties for sure. <laughs> you guys, this is Reister or wrong for today. We'll be back on Friday. Uh, we're probably Reister rather than do I don't even know. My, my brain is shut off because of these damn allergies. So if you see me wiping my nose and all this stuff, because this podcast is important to us and you guys listen. So, yeah, we show up even when we're hurt. Uh, so, yeah, peace out. Catch you guys on Friday. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. Casino. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.